Hey, this is Barry, and you're listening to Alan and Brian on I Lived the 90s. Here at I Live the 90s, we support young entrepreneurs. I want to talk about our friend of the podcast and Houston-based business, Kiko Accessories, which specializes in handmade custom earrings and other statement accessories. Serving many happy customers, including my wife, the lovely Mrs. I Live the 90s, they will ship to anywhere. Looking for that unique personal gift? What are you going to do? Go to the mall and do what? Buy some earrings or bracelet that 1,000 other people are also buying? Forget that. Get something one of a kind. You can check her out at her Etsy store at Shop Kiko Accessories or on Instagram at Kiko Accessories. That's K I K O. Shop Kiko Accessories and make a statement. What's up, y'all? Welcome to a new episode of I Live the 90s. I'm your host, Alan Sawiris, along with my co host, Brian. What it do, baby? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on again today. Excited to talk about technology from the 90s i think the biggest spring forward in technology in some ways just from going from tapes to cds catching like a little bit of the internet i think it's exciting time to talk about this subject absolutely there was no decade in history that i think had the biggest technology boom than the 90s and we're going to talk all about it but first let's throw it to the professor who i think still uses an eight track player barry take it away Thanks, guys. Uh, Before I get into episode 14, Sister Groups, I'd like to correct myself a bit. Uh, Last time, I got a little crossed up on my numbers. Boy Bands was episode 13, not 12, uh, so I'm sorry about that. Getting into uh, TLC and Chili, she didn't start dating Usher until 2001, when she was about 30 and he was in his early 20s. Black member Natina Reed was in Bring It On, which was released in 2000. She died in October 2012 of an auto accident. I uh, couldn't find T-Boz's voice type, uh, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, The TLC albums, in order of release, Ooh on the TLC was 1992, on the TLC tip, sorry. Crazy Sexy Cool was 1994. Uh, Fan Mail was 1999. Uh, You were right, the Crazy Sexy Cool was their bestseller. In terms of individual tracks, uh, No Scrubs and Waterfalls were their two biggest hits. Tough to tell which was bigger. Uh, No Scrubs uh, had had better charting. Uh, Waterfalls had more sales. In any case, yes, it was the Sporty Thieves who released the No Scrubs parody, No Pigeons, in 1999. On to SWV, which I'm sure you know means Sisters with Voice. Uh, Their uh, debut album, It's About Time, was released in October 1992, so a little late uh, for that summer. But uh, Ooh on the TLC TLC tip was in February of 1992, which would have been right in time. SWV singles. Uh, Right Here was the first, then I'm So Into You. Their third one was called Week. Uh, and it was their biggest hit by both plays and uh, sales. A uh, little off on the Snoop Dogg bit, his first single, What's My Name, was released the following year in October 1993. On to En Vogue. Never Gonna Get It was released in March of 1992, so maybe you were thinking of that uh, during the summer. They did do the opening theme for Hanging With Mr. Cooper, but only for the first season, which began, incidentally, in the fall of 1992. So a very busy year. Yes, Cheetah Girls uh, was... Raven Simone plus 3LW. It was the 2000s. We can talk about that later. 
Destiny's Child had been around since the early 90s, underwent a uh, lot of name and personnel changes, did start out with six members before pairing to four and then finally to uh, three. Back to TLC and Left Eye, she never married Andre Risen, but she did set his house on fire in June 1994, and she was charged with arson and turned herself in to the cops, but was released a few days later on bail and turned herself into uh, rehab. So I guess that's what she did instead of jail. Uh, Left Eye died in Honduras, uh, driving a Mitsubishi Montero. The Brandy and Monica song, The Boy Is Mine, is based on, get this, all the love triangles and the Jerry Springer show. It was conceived as a solo uh, song by Brandy. Then she decided to be better as a duet. Then she decided that Monica would uh, be good on it. Then she asked her studio to get Monica because she didn't hate her and she wanted to um, put those uh, rumors to uh, rest. Speaking of putative rivalries, Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey also did a duet in 1998 for the Prince of Egypt soundtrack. The Mariah Carey track, Honey, came out in 1997 and was uh, produced by uh, Diddy. A uh, few small corrections on her uh, romantic life, though. She was married to Tommy Matola from 1993 to 1998, who was a music executive, not to be confused with Tony Miola, the former goalkeeper on the uh, U.S. men's uh, national soccer team uh, during their World Cup runs in the 90s. That's all I got for this time. Uh, back to you. Thanks. Thanks so much, Professor Barium. Good to hear from you again back in the groove this week. Uh, Al and I are going to jump into technology from the 90s. Nothing dates kind of movies or pop culture or anything more than just like technology because unlike what Dennis the Rat King says, technology is not cyclical. It like stays in time forever and it's something to look back at. So I think it makes the most sense to talk about what I considered like the most 1990s thing ever was the pager. You were either a doctor, a drug dealer, or a 14-year-old kid. That's who had pagers. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, did you have a pager? I did have a pager, man. I, but it wasn't like a thing where I got it, where my parents got it specifically for me. Like, hey, Alan, you want a pager? Let's get you one. Like, my dad was on like a pager plan because he had one. I think a couple of his mechanics had one. My mom had one, and he just had an excess of pagers. So he's like, oh, here, Alan, here, you you have a pager. And uh, man, I thought I was the coolest kid in the world. Was it just the, the stock black, or did you, like... It was stock black, nothing stylish stylish about it. It said PageNet on the front, because that was the company that he that he ordered it from. I mean, just totally industrial, you know, not the neon green, not the one where you see all the gears on the inside, not one that you can get text messages on. It was just one page, and then it just says the number that called you. That was it. So I think what's interesting about, and what I'm thinking about with my personal pager story was an, an industry like a, a sort of repeating cottage industry that comes after any major like actual industry so like think about even back to the like gold rush of the 1800s right like everybody goes out there they're gonna they're gonna get rich striking gold and the people that like come after that are people that actually sell like supplies for the people that want to go do that, right? So, like, the people that get rich are the people that have the stores or they have the, the saloons or whatever like that. And the way that relates to, like, technology, even to this day, like, the little poppers that go on the back of, like, cell phones. I don't know what yeah. those are called. But anytime there hasn't been an update for some sort of technolo tech 
technological advancement, there's always these like accessories that come after. So for the pager, it was just like the case itself was actually the, right. the accessorizer. You know, it was a phone case now, but then it was the it was the actual case outside of it. And what I ended up getting was like just like a clear, like a, a sort of like not not opaque clear, but like a foggy frosted glass clear like around <laughs> it. And it was just so like this is dumb. It's just dumb. That was a that was a bad decision. I mean, I, I like nobody called me. You know who had the number? My mom. My mom had the number. It was just a way for her <laughs> to like keep tabs on me. I can't remember one setting where like I gave that number out to anybody. It was like, hey, like page me, because you know there was all kinds of like codes you could use or send in, and there was like, hey, you know, I don't, I didn't know any of them because I never got any calls on it, but I loved having that pager on my pocket, man, on my hip. Man, really, the extent of my pages was me call, calling my cousin Richard, being like, hey, can, can you page me real quick? <laughs> and then he'll do it, and I'll call back, hey, man, I got it. It, it worked. <laughs> I didn't even have Richard, man. I could have used Richard's. I could have used Richard's phone number. He would. He would have called me too. Um, I got mine for either my 14th or 15th birthday. I can't remember. I'm sure if I went and looked back, I could. I could figure it out. But one of those two years, because I know I wasn't driving yet. So anywhere that I went, I was getting dropped off, and that was primarily the way that you know I would get notification that hey, I'm here or whatever. So. You know, beforehand, that's we moved to Dallas at that point, so I had been there for probably about a year, and my mom had sort of tightened, even though I'd gotten older, she had sort of tightened the, the, the purse strings on me with what I was allowed to do kind of without her. You know, in Lubbock, Texas, small town, 200,000 people, I grew up there, I was very comfortable there. She would just go, like, drop me off at the mall, I'd be like 10 years old, and she'd drop me off at, I did Super Saturday every Saturday for like two years, which was at, did you ever, do you know what Super Saturday is, first off? I, I, you got to tell me. Okay, it's Putt-Putt. So Putt-Putt used to have this deal that was like, I mean, it was like criminally low. It was like 550 and you got two games of golf, and then you get a token for either like bumper boats or the batting cage or the race car, like the, the go-kart track, right? Or, and on top of that, you got 40 tokens and two games of golf. So it's just like a steal. So she'd give me 10 bucks. I'd pay 550 to get all of that and then I'd have 450 left over and I could get like a slice of pizza and a, a soda or an ice cream. I mean it was like $10 babysitter like all day. <laughs> That's a, yeah, exactly. I was about to say it's a really cheap babysitter for the day. <laughs> and I I I was an only child so I was so happy. I'm a creature of habit. I'm happy to do the same things over and over and it's funny to see it like in my kids now actually like they're just happy to do the same thing. If we've done something once and they enjoyed it, they want to go do like that exact same thing again. I'm like, well, there's different things, guys. But, you know, it's just uh, it's so funny uh, to think about now. So when we got to Dallas, you know, she was just a little more concerned about letting me go. It's just a bigger city, bigger place. I didn't know it as well. Um, but that's my, my pager story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, anything else besides Cousin Richard? I mean, shout out Cousin Richard. Oh, I wish I had more to say about how I used my pager, but man, <laughs> that was it. It was an extra one my dad had. I had it. I think the contract expired, and that was kind of the end of my pager life. Okay, so from there, then we got into like, there was only a short window for pagers, actually, because cell phone technology caught up really quick. It went from, you know, microwave on the side of your head technology to like something that was actually handheld that you would want to, it was like the microphone on the side of your head to like the Derek Morris to like, all right, this is something that's actually useful. 
Um, but also still a lot of concern about like microwave frequency and like, is it cancer causing or not? I guess, I guess we'll find out. So, I mean, um, you know, for growing up, my family, they tended to be a little bit late to the party when it came to technology. You know, we got, we got the internet a little bit later than everyone else did. We got cable TV a little bit later than everyone else did. One thing that we were super early to the party on was cell phones. I remember my dad getting a pair of cell phones, one for himself, one one for my mom, really early. I mean, before these became common, uh, he he got them from. I remember I remember exactly how they look. He got them from a store called Houston Cellular. This was before there was T-Mobile and these big national providers. It was just local providers, local shops. They I guess contract with someone else to give you service, and he came home with these two enormous phones i mean it was basically like putting a, a humongous reebok shoe to the side of your head to talk into it the antenna itself was maybe eight inches long and like <laughs> thick black rubber that just goes all the way up to the sky and uh you know you know instead of plugging it in to charge it, it actually had this docking station like it was so huge you had to you had to sit it in the dock yeah doesn't hold doesn't hold contacts so you had to either have your your numbers memorized still or have your organizer or pocketbook next to you with your with your phone numbers in it uh it was loud it was heavy um but it but it made calls <laughs> i guess that was all you needed it for. all you needed um my mom had an ericsson cell phone it was smaller so we also they call it technology laggards um and i'm definitely a technology laggard into this day i'm never i never have to have the newest freshest whatever i'm happy to wait to let them get the kinks out and then like, oh, it's a proven product, like, I'll take it. I'll take it as is, I don't need all the newest gadgets or whatever. So she had this little Ericsson and I call it a fake flip phone. Um, are you familiar with these? Or like, it's just like, the, it was a little black phone. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, where like the piece, like a, a, a piece of plastic flips down, but all that does is really cover the buttons. There isn't like a mouthpiece or a speaker on the bottom that you actually speak into. Exactly. There was no, t so I'm sure that thing got ripped off at some point. But yeah, that's exactly what it was. And it's so funny to think about the first time that I got to use it was actually at a, at a football game. Um, Friday Night Lights were out at the thing and I just felt so cool even though it was just like sitting in my pocket like I didn't pull it out I didn't do anything but I just kind of like knew and I was just like the entire time I don't even know if I focused on the football game at all I was just waiting for like some moment when I could say like oh hold on I gotta go I have to go make a call I have to call and I was just gonna call my mom to let her know like I can use the phone I don't know like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like burning a hole in my pocket to like pull it out and show that like oh I got because I don't know that kids had phones yet, and they must not have because it, it must—it was a very novel concept at the time, you know. And then fast fast forward like a year and a half later, and every kid has their own cell phone. We all had the brick, you know, Nokia cell phone mm -hmm. eventually. But um, yeah, that was my first um, sort of uses with—that was my first sort of experience with with cell phones. Um, I don't know. I don't think. What did you get your first your first actual cell phone in the nineties, or was that two thousands? Uh, probably when I a little. It was late in high school. Yeah, uh, so I didn't get was... one right when I started driving. It was uh, you know, I think I was either a junior or a senior. My dad got my dad got me one. Mm -hmm. Um, the Nokia brick that everyone had at that time that had Snake the Snake <laughs> game, and uh, 
you know, I know we're, we're kind of jumping out of the 90s a little bit, but, like, I remember text messaging when it first came out. I thought it was so stupid. Oh, yeah. I'm like, why would I type out a message to someone when I can just call them? And yeah. now if I can text somebody, I will anything to not have to call them, I, I will do it. That's the way it is, man. That's the way we all are. It's, um, it's really funny the way that perceptions have changed on that because I think that's just a wholesale. Like even when I was older, I, I resisted the change from text. I was like, well, I'm grown. I'm an adult. I'm just going to call people. But now it's like you, you're on it. I text you more than I text my wife. Like I text with you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, but what's amazing is the exponential advancement of cell phones between the 90s and now yeah. so again kind of jumping out of the decade a little bit other than maybe home alone where you know a cell phone just ends the movie in two minutes <clears throat> um right i want to jump to the movie the departed okay that movie i think came out and, I, and bear will correct us on this i think it was 06 or 07 maybe oh somewhere between oh five and oh seven and there's so much cell phone usage in that movie but there's there were no smartphones yet there was no iphone yet so everything was a flip phone a a razor or uh, you know they're texting mashing on the the numerical (laughs) key buttons so much cell phone usage and that was like a big technological you know look at the the irish mob you know using these cell phones and technology yeah and that movie wasn't that, that long, long ago, ago. Yeah. and look how obsolete it is because once the iphone came out and then the way smartphones are now where you have a computer in your in your hand basically um it, it's just amazing how how fast that happened and how advanced it got yeah man i totally i totally support that entire that entire idea um let's go back so you, you kind of mentioned something having a computer like in your hand let's actually talk about our first computers then Sure, man. I remember, uh, well, we had different rounds of computers. I remember the first really computer that I experienced was at my dad's auto shop that I've mentioned before on the show. Uh, He had these IBM machines. (laughs) I won't even say a computer, these machines where the monitor was real big and the keyboard was attached to it. It was just one big connected machine and the monitor had a black background and the the font was green. Everything was, it was black and green. That, like that was it. And, yeah. And he ran his, uh, his point of sale uh, system on it, but uh, it did have games. Oh, and uh, there was a Roger rabbit race car game on there in green and black that came on those, you know, those huge floppy flimsy yeah, black the floppy discs. disc. Yeah. The floppy. Yeah. That was, the, that was why it was called a floppy disc. Yeah, yeah, we had it. We had it on there. That was that was like my first experience with a computer. Now, the first computer computer that we had in the house uh, was a Packard Bell. Um, it wasn't a tower. It was just kind of laid, just kind of squared that laid flat with the monitor on top of it. It had Windows 3.1, you know, <laughs> not 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 Windows 95, and uh, it had Ski Free, which Ski uh, What is it like? No clue. Ski Free was just this game that came with. <laughs> came with the computer where i mean it is basic just a white screen with like little bumps and a little skier goes down the screen oh yeah yes totally totally remember that now oh that's really funny um okay so what you talked about like the personal computer what can you tell me about like computer class did you have one did your school have like macintoshes or did you not have anything until like high school and and like oh man it's 
it's funny you bring that up. So like every growing up, every even in elementary school, we had like computer lab day, mm-hmm. and it was on these these Macs, these old old Macs that just had one little floppy disk drive, and they ran on Claris Works. Yeah. And I remember back then, it was just kind of known that like, man, Macs are so lame. Like that that's <laughs> that's for schools. No one actually has these in their in their house. You know, so you have, in your house, you gotta have Windows. You gotta have a <laughs> you gotta have Microsoft. That's funny. Um, but then later, I mean, that all that all changed. But that that's how it was back then. You know, Apple was super lame, man. Yeah, that was my thing too. Our computer class basically consists Mr. Strong. I don't remember many. I don't remember many teachers at all from elementary. I can probably name my my year to year, but I don't remember any other um, teachers. But Mr. Strong, and I just remember he was like, I mean, I was in second grade at the time. Maybe he was like five foot eight. I have no idea. But in my mind, he was like six foot five. He had like salt and pepper curly hair. And he just looked strong as an ox. That's why I was I was like, oh, he must be Mr. Strong because he's like really strong. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but uh, he, he was the computer lab. And, and it was the same thing with, um, I mean, he was a computer nerd. So he probably wasn't strong at all if he's teaching like computer class. <laughs> We're going to jump into stereotypes. But... Yeah, I remember that's where we played. I got my first exposure to Oregon Trail, which is like, I don't know how, we can't not talk Uh, about Oregon Trail, obviously, because it's just, that's one of those enduring games that like, it was a card game before, or maybe it's like a retro card game now, but like there's a card game, and then there was like, on a floppy disk was like Oregon Trail, and that's where you kind of learned, and that was super early, and then I don't remember anything beyond that. Uh, My cousin had a, something called a word processor, which was basically like an electronic, like typewriter, but like it had us because they have electronic typewriters. So it was like it had like this like little basic screen, and it was that other. Have you ever seen like a Amazon like a Kindle, like the way that gray with like the black lettering is on it? That's how yeah, this was. Yeah. It was basically so it wasn't even that. Gr- it was like mildly electronic. I don't even know how to ex- explain it, but I remember doing a project on that for sixth grade, and then really nothing until. You know, I was in high school, and we had, you know, like, the the household computer that sat out in the hallway, um, and I didn't play games on it. I remember I would play games on my aunt and uncles down in Houston when I'd go visit them, um, and they had, like, the, the, uh, the like, plastic sheathing that would cover it, because it, it wasn't, like, an every... The, the computer was, like, a utility thing. It wasn't just, like, yeah. a, how it is now, where it's, like, you're just kind of on it always. Like, people didn't work on them. Yeah. You know, you just kind of had them for, like, work to be... I don't even know what they did with it, but they had one. And I would play solitary all the time, or solitaire. Uh, every now and then I would try Minesweeper, but I never like quite figured out how to play it, and nobody like taught me how to play it. So I got really bored just trying to like blow up bombs, and <laughs> I thought that was the game. <laughs> I, I still don't know how the hell, how the hell to play Minesweeper. I have I'll no idea. I'll, I'll take it offline. I'll teach you. I figured it out. I'm, I'm a Minesweeper master <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of my experience with with computers. And then I got my own. And then you know we've led into like our AOL names and. 83 benzo what were you benzo 96 benzo benzo 89 benzo 89 and 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 bb cardus you guys can check out uh previous episodes we've we've covered kind of topics like that but um i think the other thing um that was funny was kind of that like the internet like this internet was like a vague concept that we didn't understand and aol just got ahead of everything and i still don't know what like the disc that they sent us did to get us on the internet like do you can you explain that to me 
Oh, the mailers. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, basically every week in the 90s, you were getting a di- – first it would be a disc, yeah. and then later on it ended up being a, a CD-ROM that you install and can sign up for AOL internet service Yeah. Uh, through your, through your dial-up. And it came – it always had like your first 100 hours are free, your first 200 hours <laughs> are free. And by the end, they wanted you, they wanted you so bad, like – 1000 hours for for free <laughs> and i remember uh, it actually had a little timer that yeah. said like how, how much time you have left before you got to you know it. sign up um so i guess it was a way to get you teased and get you get you used to having there cuz once you have it you can't not have it it yeah. was um it, it really was that that mind blowing once you actually had it in your home yeah and we got it so going back to what we talked about earlier technology laggards I didn't really have to suffer dial-up internet for too, too long because at some point, I think a friend of mine had either, I think he had cable internet. So I don't know if we did DSL or if we did cable, but we did, I, we understood there was a concept sort of worth paying for because once you got onto it, like, and you knew there was this other access. Um, and then originally like the internet was just like yahoo and aol.com and then like a bunch of chat rooms like that's what the internet to yes. me. like i never was allowed to be on the the, the the internet and chat rooms it's funny to think about like don't give out any of your personal information don't use your real name if anybody asks you these particular questions you just log out don't do anything whatever whatever and now to see like the the people that taught us how to be online all on facebook now just sharing like everything in the history of ever like there's no more privacy where we know everything about everybody all the time always yeah, and even like the first uh, browsers, like now it's it's you're using Chrome. If you're, I mean, you can use Internet Explorer, but if you do, you're considered kind of lame. But uh, man, back then it was all about Netscape. Yeah, Netscape was the browser. Ruled that's the what world. you used. That's what you had. That's what came with your computer. That's that's what you did. <laughs> oh man, AOL, you've got mail. They made a movie called. Was that like straight up branding? Is that just like it a branding to, play? It had, it had to be, man. Tom Hanks. When, that was when he first went commercial. <laughs> um, oh, man. I think another thing that I want to kind of talk about, this came kind of late to the game, was um, Walkmans and Discmans. So we can talk about both or we can separate it. I'm happy to do it. However, did you own... I, don't, I think my mom had a Walkman and I had a Discman. Did you have both or one or the other? I uh, I never had a Walkman. My my brother did. He had one of those fancy uh, yellow sport Sony Sony Walkmans that had a radio in it, and you can put a cassette in there. Yeah. Uh, me, I just was relegated to the. Uh, this is funny. We we had a boombox. Yeah. That was, I mean, a real boombox. The one you put like eleven, you know, size D Duracell batteries in there. You know, you can walk <laughs> around the neighborhood with it on your shoulder. But uh, we, I, I used that as just the re- – that was like my radio. Like yeah. no one needed it. No one used it anymore. I'm like, all right, I got my own boombox. And uh, I just – it was it came with an adapter, so I just plugged it into the wall, and I would just sit down and uh, on the floor next to it and play cassette tapes that I liked that I, you know, either recorded from the radio uh, very choppily and sloppily. <laughs> uh, I had my, had my few um, – Michael Jackson cassette tapes that I always got every birthday, every every Christmas. That's all I ever asked for is <laughs> Michael Jackson cassettes. And uh, also, here's a you know kind of an interesting story is we had a Reebok backpack full of cassettes from the 70s and 80s, 
and uh, we had records too, but uh, but you know more more cassettes than anything else. And you know my mom, who's from Egypt, uh, learned how to speak English by listening to music. So what she would do is she would go to the to the music store and buy whatever the number one album was that week. Mm-hmm. Take it home, listen to it, listen to the words, you know, find out what they mean, and and kind of learn learn English that way. So that cassette and record collection from that era is absolutely immaculate. You want to talk about someone owning every number one album from <laughs> like 1973 <laughs> through like 1985. A lot of Earth, Wind, like and Fire. They're all in a box somewhere. I, I got to get them. But uh, awesome. I would listen to those, not even really knowing what they were. But I, I know there was a Pat Benatar in there somewhere. I know there was a, a Deep Purple, um, the the hair band. <laughs> yeah, they man. Were, they were in Eddie Rabbit, the country singer. I actually, actually used his cassette and recorded over it from songs from the radio that I liked. And I'm like, <laughs> Eddie Rabbit, no one needs this guy. I'll just, I'll just record what, right over it. What was the trick? You had to, like, modify the tape to, like, record. Because there's, like, two little... If you if you're holding like the where you can see the ribbon down right like there's like two little indents on the on the top of that right and you have to cover those up because that's what keeps it from being able to record or something right Does that sound I don't familiar? know I, I never had a I never had a problem with it I would you just, just have uh, to... record over it and then take a crayon and just mark mark out the track listing on it and write my own uh, write my own on it I mean this is great because this is definitely something you and I like connected and bonded over over the years just like music and having similar tastes and I don't know maybe that's that's a similar thing where my mom was basically coming of age she was in her late teens in the and then her early 20s in the 80s so that's where like all of our stuff came from so she was like hip and with it and she was I I, I, I guarantee if I ask her this is what we need to do I'm going to invite her to the to the I live the 90s Facebook group and I'm going to ask her live on that if she ever went to like Mambo whatever in uh in houston because she was like of age mama's... yeah <laughs> By she, probably did. she probably did i bet her and my aunts were shaking it up in there it sounds like something they'd probably go do um but i had so a couple things came to mind when you were telling your story um i had two competing like my cousin carrie was very into cds and my mom had this fantastic like record collection um, but both had like the stereos that sit on the floor that are high quality, you know, three and a half foot speakers. Like, so the experiences that I always had was very similar to yours, where I was always sitting on the floor. Um, and I remember I spent an extended summer down in Houston where, where she lived. Um, she went to Kempner. Where's Kempner? Oh, it's in Sugarland. Sugarland, yeah. So she went to Kempner yeah. High, 93. I always thought it was cool that she graduated the same year as, uh, the gang in Bayside. That's the same year they graduated. Oh, nice. <laughs> Not to eight. Sorry, sorry to age you there, Carrie. But um, I she had a fantastic collection of music, and she actually really liked. She liked it all, but she had some really clutch um, con- country music. So like, I didn't come into. I came into George Strait on my own, but she was really into like Garth Brooks and Tracy. Tracy Walker, Tracy, I'll look it up. Trace Atkins? No, not Trace Atkins. Uh, Tracy Lawrence. Tracy Lawrence is great. Um, okay. But I would do the same thing. I would sit on the floor. I knew English already, so unlike your mom, I wasn't learning English. But 
I would just read lyrics all the time. And I got into that habit so that when I got my own, I would just always sitting on the floor, listening to music, reading the lyrics. Um, and then I got my own disc man actually. And I had like, talk about the conversation earlier where we had all the accessories. I had the like little half black bag that you could like shoulder carry or whatever. Oh, and you could nice. like stick the, the headphones <laughs> through. So you, you could carry the whole thing and it would hold like four or five CDs on top of like, you know, your disc man itself. Um, and that, that was my like accessory for the, for the disc man, but it was always Sony. I felt like Sony was kind of like unparalleled at the time with the, the, the Walkman sport, which my mom had the same one. She would go, she was a runner actually. She would go running all the time. Which speak like running with my phone is a pain in the butt. I can't imagine running with like a tape recorder somewhere yeah. on your person. <laughs> it's like it's like running with a five pound weight in your hand, basically. And so when I got my first Discman, it, it was not a Sony. I think it was from Walmart. I think it was Emerson brand. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know with what the blue I did one? with mine? I rigged it up to that boombox, <laughs> that same boombox. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Oh. And I stayed sitting on the floor just instead of listening to the cassette tapes, I was listening to uh, CDs, which, uh, man, how, how clutch did Columbia House come back in those days? It's like, I just got a CD player. I need like 30 CDs. How can I get 30 all at once? Oh, I just sign up for this. I buy one and I get 30 free. <laughs> I never work. did that ever. My cousin uh, Crystal talked about having like multiple names in the on the Facebook group, but I never did that. I, I It was always so alluring. And I used to go just like window shopping with the pamphlet or whatever they'd send you and like circle in all the things that I would buy. But my mom being in music, we used to go to, oh, there's a place called Hastings. I don't know if they, they had any of those in, 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 in Houston, but that was a big place. I, in, I don't think we had them here, but I, but I remember them from Dallas when I lived there. And then there was, I don't know, I can't even remember. What was the most popular one around? Do you remember? Down here was Sam Goody. Sam Goody. Yeah, there was a Sam Goody. There's, I'll look, I'll look it up and I'll, uh, I mean, I'm not going to add it, but I'll maybe I'll throw it in the Facebook or something. Um, also, there was a place that we, sound waves. That's a, that's kind of a, a rite of passage. That's where you, that's where you got your swish of house and all your uh, local acts. <laughs> where do you get Chingo bling? Sound waves, man. That's where oh, all the local stuff Not, not out of his trunk. Waves. Like you could buy tamales and a, and a EP. If, if you found them at a fiesta, sure you could. <laughs> um, but yeah, we used to go quite frequently and i was never allowed to buy full albums but i would get um singles i was allowed to like get a single basically so that's why i had like next had too close i actually did get the entire alanis morissette cd jagged little pill which seems like a terrible idea for like a 10 year old kid to have like i don't know why just i i knew it was the ironic song but the rest of that was really heavy heavy themes um and then i also got jagged little thrill by jagged edge so Ah, it all come it all comes full circle. <laughs> um, I love CD CD players and everything. Um, I had one kind of forever for the car. I had the tape deck. You know, any adapter that that was needed. You know, that's a little later. But I was always listening. Music music's always been a big part. I think so happy with like Spotify. If I had one app to keep on my entire phone, it's definitely Spotify. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it just makes everything so easy. I mean, my my iPod Touch <laughs> that I used many many years after it became obsolete is now actually obsolete because i can just create my own spotify library but i mean just look at where we've come uh talking about recording songs on a maxwell blank tape or over an eddie rabbit tape uh 
from the radio, you know, trying to time it just right, hitting record, hitting stop before the DJ interrupts, to now, you know, you just assemble whatever you want electronically, and it's there on your Playlist. phone, in your car, anywhere. It's great. It's great. Um, shout out to Chris Roden. We had this debate. I mean, I know we've gotten out of the 90s a couple times, so here's another chance to get out of the 90s. Um, I bought the iPod, same thing, iPod, you know, mini uh, or whatever, the nano, whatever it was. And uh, you still had to buy each. You could buy the whole album electronically. You could buy each individual song. It was $1.99 or $0.99 cents or whatever. And uh, I was always like, hey, this is the one. Like, this is the best one. I'm not willing to try out some other. Like, the Apple was the, the MP3 player. Um, except I actually had mini discs. I had a mini disc player also. Do you even know what that is? No. It's so dumb. And it was technology that just did not last. And it was basically like... A, so we talked about the floppy disks, and then we talked about like what the floppy disks became, which was like the little square, right? Like right. the hard hard disk. So if you cut that hard disk into like one fourth, that was a mini disk, and you could just record like nine or ten songs onto that, and then you had a mini disk player. It was so dumb. Like it was it, oh my it, gosh, yeah. technology that just never caught on. So I had one of those. Then I got the MP3 player like six months later because that was like obviously the way to go. But he ended up signing up for this, like, because he didn't have an Apple, he signed up for this service that basically said, hey, you can just pay 10 bucks a month and you can have access to all the songs and download the ones that you want and take them off. But you had a certain number that you could have on your device at one time, whereas I was having to buy each individual song. And I just thought he was so ridiculous. That seemed like a dumb plan because I was like, I know the songs that I want. I just want those songs. I'll just pay for them one time. It's done. And now, like, I don't even, I legitimately, I have an iPhone, and I kicked, like, Apple Music. I just deleted the Apple Music app off my phone. Yeah, I mean, who needs it? Yeah. So, all right, before we, like, wrap up, I have one question for you, actually. We talked about Discmans, which were, like, awesome. I think they were just, like, uh, if we're going to go back, I just talked about keeping Spotify being the only app. If I could go back and get, like, one thing, it's the Discman. I'm going to keep that bad boy. But did the boost based or the, the base boost excuse me or like do you know what the 10 second skip protect actually did or do you think it was just like a a bs I like have no, i have no idea all i know is mine was so junky man uh, you tap that thing that that michael jackson's going <laughs> nice yeah we uh, did you ever try putting like toothpaste on your cd you remember that old wives tale yeah, uh, man, I had a uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> so here's a story for you. Man, man, I had a lot of Michael Jackson in my life. I've, he's come up like six times already in this episode. But I had This was book one of uh, the Michael Jackson history double CD album package. And uh, my dad had just brought home his Lexus LS400 that he just picked up from the dealer. And uh, I was excited because it had a six-disc CD changer oh, in the trunk yeah. of the car. Yeah. But what I didn't know is that, uh, yes, it came with the car, but the dealer hadn't put it in yet. Like, the slot where the changer will go was there, but the changer slots themselves where you put the CDs in mm -hmm. wasn't in yet. Yeah, it was like, that was a cassette it. thing, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, but I didn't know that, and I never knew. I didn't know what a trunk six disc CD changer looked like, so I just saw a hole and I put the CD in there, and uh, I'm like, 
I'm like turning it on, like eh, it's not working. The CD changer isn't working. I was like, CD changer, it's not in yet. They got to put it in when I when I take it back. I'm like, what? We could not get that CD out. Oh and it no. Was like, it was like a week and a half, two weeks before he went back to the dealer to, to do some final trim package things and, and, yeah. and get that in. And uh, <laughs> they got it out. The dealer had, had to get it out. That thing was just destroyed <laughs> by the time they got it out of there. I mean, like the front, like the front of it was gold, like it yeah. was gold plated, gold painted. Like all the paint was chipped off of it. <laughs> It just, uh, man, and MJ just looked in a sad way on that CD after that. Well, you know, I may have tried, I may have tried the toothpaste trick for the bottom to get the scratches out, but man, that that CD was toast. Shut it down. Oh man, what a great way to wrap that up. That was, <laughs> I think that's was great about this episode. It was it's the first time we've gone in it just wanting to tell stories. Like most of the time, we have an arc of like, hey, this is what we're gonna talk about, and then any stories come off. They, they, we, we go into it uh, happily, but this one was based around stories. So I feel like this is a really good one just to like dig into like who we were in a true like I lived the '90s. Um, any parting shots before we go, man? Man, this was a this was a nice trip down memory down memory lane. It's easy to say, hey, you remember tapes? Hey, do you remember Discmans? Yeah, but you know what are what are your experiences with Discman? So maybe you know last last episode we threw it uh, to a poll, we threw it to the group. Yeah. Um, you know, tell us your stories that you remember your first Discman, uh, you recording songs on a on a cassette tape from the radio. What was your AOL screen name? I mean, let, <laughs> let's let's make this next week on the Facebook group, uh, which I encourage all you to join uh, all about 90s technology and, and sharing your stories, because I, I tell you that Facebook group, just seeing everyone's interactions and their posts and their stories. It's just uh, we're all we're all living the 90s together. I, I, I love it. I second that. I couldn't have said it better. I really do appreciate everybody that's in there. I'm glad we're continuing to do this. I mean, week after week, we find new ways to find something interesting and fun to talk about. So it's a pleasure doing the show with you, Alan. Um, Thanks, guys. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Good night. Thanks for listening to I Lived the 90s. You can find past podcasts along with the companion blog with photos on the website, ilivedthe90s.com, 90s spelled out. You can also listen to Alan and Brian on Apple or Spotify. If you subscribe or leave a comment, it helps more people discover the podcast. Thanks so much for your support.